Hello and welcome to Movie Buffs, a show that covers the best films of all time. I'm your host, Cisco, from Misfit Minded Media Reviews. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Misfit underscore Minded, on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit, and my website, MisfitMinded.com. And I'm Shani B. You can find me on all the socials at It's Me, Shani B. Uh, today we're talking about the 2009 film Taken, uh, 2009 by U.S. release date. Uh, for those who are confused like I was. Uh, because of IMDb being I always so thought, stupid. Yeah, I always thought it was 2008, but it was... We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Written by Luc Besson and directed by Pierre Morel, starring Maggie Grace, Famke Jansen, and Liam Neeson. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's about a retired CIA agent who, after his daughter is kidnapped or taken, if you will, uh, while traveling abroad, he must rely on his particular set of skills to find and save her. Channy B, what do you think of this movie? Are you a Fanny B? I am a Fanny B. I <laughs> like this movie. Um, it's one of my favorite kinds of action movies with like a, a dad who's down on his luck and got to prove himself action movie. Yeah, this is like a recurring theme I feel like that we've we've had on yes. the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, it's an archetype I like a lot. I like that it's sort of a maze and it kind of goes into the underbelly of a city like Paris, which I think most people fantasize about being this like really fun, pretty mm -hmm. place. And man, this movie does a number on the tourism board of Paris. <laughs> um, I love his like group of friends. And uh, I, I guess I like I like that all the pieces are there. But then on this rewatch, re there were a couple of funny moments where I was like, OK, <laughs> The I don't really understand how these guys could ever be in like shitty apartments when they most likely like they survived the war zone situation for sure are smart enough to have an awesome business. And maybe they made what they all made enough. like four grand from that one night. You would think they'd be. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's like at the store double checking on the karaoke machine like 37 times. It's just. <laughs> It is a little awkward. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the, the girls like wanting to follow you too is a little bit of a hiccup for me where I'm like, no. Oh, you're jumping. You're year jumping old girl. straight to the nitpick section because we're going to talk about unrealistic. Uh, you know, that that one was like to me the top of my list. Not like, okay. not okay. like a retired guy who doesn't have money from all of his years of working killing half of europe it was straight up his daughter is not listening to you two in no universe including no this way. one <laughs> nope nope i mean i have to go to the nitpicks first because yeah. i feel like once the story proper begins like he is on the hunt everything feels awesome yeah. but the first chapter here is like really clunky for me just like so many random pieces the like pop star thing just really really silly stuff but I love this movie because Liam Neeson is amazing. He brings it all together. He is really interesting to watch, even though he's like kind of an older guy in this one, especially doesn't really feel that way yet. And yeah, I guess there's just well, so much about this movie seen, that is really surprising. This is 2008, nine, and he's still making this type of movie to this day, which That's is right. 15 years later. <laughs> he's a king, he's so... a prince. So that might be why. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you that like that that just ticks me out every time I forget that U2 is the band. I just don't understand like I understand I understand Luke Basson wrote this, so maybe that he still thinks that's like the American like standard. Fantasy. But like 
<laughs> but uh i just feel like yeah they needed some younger person to be like yeah bro people people were mad this was like the same time when youtube put like that album on everyone's iphone you know what i, I was mean wondering. <laughs> and people were like mad about it so you would think that that would still be like in the air like bro no youtube is not People are not with it. Um, yeah, make it a TBD until you finally get the film made. But, like, don't leave that silly detail in for sure. I mean, it, it's not pertinent to the story whatsoever, which is why I forget it every time. But it's just such a funny detail to point out. And then um, kind of on the same, like, thing, the yeah, the whole singing subplot um, with Maggie Grace. I just think it's not, like, terrible, but it's, like, that thing that we, again, we run into um with a lot of movies where like maggie grace is playing a 17 year old and <laughs> flopping around totally flopping around to sell it which is so good and uh just not not you know clearly older than that so it's like this weird you know we talked about that with Bloodsport, jcvd playing a teenager and it's just like this weird thing when like you're trying to sell us that this is like a young uh virgin you know, person who has dreams of being a pop star, but she's like clearly in her 20s, uh, at least. Right. <laughs> and they don't know that that's like so bad. Like, it's not so bad for for like a woman, you know, between 18 and 20 to be to be this character, too. I feel like it's weird. It's interesting that they like they're like, we need her to be a teenager. Like, we need this interesting plot device of she needs permission from her dad so that he knows what's going on at all. Like. It is kind of random that she plays so young, but you got to give it up to Maggie Grace with those hilarious braids and floppy performance. Like... Daddy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really trying to sell. And then, like, yeah, the karaoke machine, she gets a pony for uh, a horse, horsey. For... What are we it's doing? All these really weird, like, again, like, I feel like it's kind of the French translation of, like, this is what American teenage girls are like. Uh, yeah, yes it's yeah, true it, there weird. is a culture difference there i think you're on to something with that <laughs> um but uh aside from that i feel like you know um this is very grounded compared to like other liam neeson movies and i don't want to spend too much time but the sequels uh in general if, if i had to do questions and plot holes I, i'm gonna put i'm gonna slide them in here too because let's do it just like our diehard conversation, the whole reason this movie works is it's a guy who's retired, doesn't want to do this stuff anymore, and then gets forced to by kidnappers, sex traffickers. And then the sequels just do the same thing again two more times. Yep. And it's like, you know, I it's so weird. Like, And it's like this, I feel like, again, this kind of era of uh franchises you know the hangover 2 did the same shit again yep. and 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 people paid to see them like i don't understand like it's you know like they, they think that we wouldn't notice or like but it's it's so ridiculous some viewers are that boring though you know like some viewers are like this works for me i just want to see this same kind of storyline and it makes more sense to me in the hangover like in the hangover i'm sort of like that's fine the whole ploy here is that these guys are drunk and they do the dumbest shit when they're drunk but they really stretch it hard in this movie by being like these people are gonna seek him out they're gonna kidnap his ex-wife that like they really they get kind of convoluted I i'm just so surprised that luke Besson wrote all three of them 
he's credited yeah. as the writer for all of them, which I, I thought was surprising because, again, on rewatch, I was like, oh, snap, Luke Besson wrote the first one. No wonder. It's so good. And then I was looking at the other two and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it, it gets really bad. I mean, like, straight up, like we talked about with John McClane, like, you're you're taking the premise that only should work once and trying to stretch it out into three movies. And by the third one, it's like, I, rem- I remember just being so, like, angry in the theater. Like, the editing, <laughs> the editing is straight up incomprehensible unwatchable the last time i saw taken three it was on a tv i think my dad was watching it on t on okay. whatever re-watching it and i wasn't even paying attention and, and I, I was getting a headache just from the complete yeah. like flashes and quick edits and it's just like i don't know it's, it's like it's, you, you can't expect liam neeson to do this forever you know obviously um exactly and so I, you know, I, I did get to watch the behind the scenes for this. And so I was kind of um, really impressed that like the the director of this one who didn't direct the sequels. I also think that's an important piece. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted Liam Neeson to do as many of the stunts as possible um, and the stunt doubles to do as little as possible. And I think that shows like, yes. you, you know, you can see him like and then they even one of the cool features on the Blu-ray is they have uh, like a side-by-side comparison of like the action scenes in the movie and then like Liam Neeson doing them like, you know, as, as they're filming it. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you can see that he's there. He's doing it. They're not like cutting around it. And they said nope. that Liam Neeson like worked really hard to get the choreography down because this was, you he's know, rewind back to a time before he was this action guy. You know, because this yeah, was, he was like an actor with a capital yes, A. He was Schindler's List, you know, like <laughs> he was Oscar True. Schindler. Like he was, yeah, he was not like this guy. And, dad in Love Actually. He's he's soft. And in the 15 years, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn, I guess, was like the closest from Star Wars. Yeah, he's but, moving in. But like since then, he's become this action archetype. And it's. I, it's very hit or miss i'll say that like i think you know because like you the one they always get put in theaters you know so there's like a level of quality to it that like totally. people are still comfortable paying to see it and producers mm-hmm. are still comfortable making these things and they're not as bad as like direct-to-video garbage but they're True. at this point they're just like so forgettable and it's like you they're flat it's so flat and they don't do anything to like you know, they're just they're copying the taken formula. And so I think this movie kind of gets downgraded because of that, which is a yeah. shame because I think this, like you said, this is a good movie like this. The reason why this started at all is because he is so convincing. The filmmaking is so good. The story, yes. the story is simple enough. It's a good 90 minutes. It doesn't waste any time. Like obsessed. Yeah. How <laughs> it's a tight 90. Like, yeah. so grateful for that. Same. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. This first installment, it makes a lot of sense that they would want this idea to keep going because it is so unique. But it's also one of those things where you can't expect so much out of Liam Neeson because the filmmaking ramps up too. like I feel like this first movie is the perfect mix of Neeson doing scenes, having stunt guys and the film kind of working together with that. But as the second two films continue, 
they just ramp it up. They're doing even more of those quick cuts like you're talking about. The yeah. color is crazier and they're changing things and shooting in way more shadow. Like they just get to a point where they're doing so much of it that I can't really see the movie anymore. And I was surprised on rewatch how much I was like, oh, God, I'm like in this. I'm like yeah. going down these hallways with him. I'm like right in there with him. And he he's doing some legitimate emotional work in this movie. Yeah. No, and he. um God, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens. It happens. Um, but yeah, I think to your emotional piece, like that was in the behind the scenes, like what Liam Neeson said, like drew him to the project was he, he was even saying like, you know, I am, which is hilarious to like think about now, but he was like, you know, I was kind of put off by the violence in the script, but the reason why uh, I did it was because of the emotional heart of it with between the dad and the daughter or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can, you can buy that, but uh, definitely something he would, you know, revisit again and again. Um, but yeah, this, this time it works, you know, you got, um, several iconic scenes you know i guess first and foremost we have to talk about like the phone call which were like you know talking about those rip talking about those ripoffs they always try and put a scene like this in there where he's on the phone talking to somebody yep. and but they never match you know i have a particular set of skills uh, I don't yes. know who you are. I will find you. I will kill you. <laughs> it's epic. It's yeah. epic. I mean, the subtle way that his that his whole demeanor changes when he realizes what's happening to yeah. her and how he like clocks in and locks into this like other person that's inside of him. I also feel like it's a testament to his performance. I don't know that 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 subtle change would be so clear, but just how he like locks in and then again kind of shifts once more because with his daughter, he was like, conflict resolution like staying really calm trying to get her to give me as much information as possible you know working with a hostage if you will mm -hmm. and then when she was gone and he knew she was gone his demeanor changed subtly again because he was ready to threaten this guy and scare this dude and it's just so soft throughout that entire sequence but it's so strong and was so good to revisit and he man he's just such a good actor how how does he turn it into something so dope? I, I don't know. I think, okay, I think this is what I was trying to say is that, like, um, the reason why this one works a lot more is, like, is because of those, like, subtleties that, you know, get forgotten or thrown away, where, like, you spend a good, like, 20 minutes, you know, where he's just, like, a dad that's, like, trying to reconnect with his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, like slightly even overbearing a little bit yeah and you're like oh okay like and then like you know famke jansen's just being like a total bitch like you know, Dude, she is really hard on him i know yeah. i was like he must have done something so fucked up at some i'm point like did marriage. he cheat on her or like what is <laughs> yeah we don't yeah. get a lot of information but her disdain says a lot yeah and you know then she you know we get this like kind of uh scene where she and the daughter like kind of uh jump on them at like lunch and there's like i want to go to europe and like you need to sign this and it's like i, I again that was like another scene where i was kind of like well that's kind of like inappropriate like <laughs> that's not, that's really not how you go about doing that like i don't know i guess it hits different you know my children of divorce out there my fellow cod's <laughs> that's you right can attest to this yeah uh, there is a lot of uncomfortable shit that comes with that 
And uh, you know, I but guess they I guess they kind of ways do, to ca- do capture that. But yeah, they they capture what you don't your shouldn't do, I guess, in that situation. And I always love that like the stepfathers and these type of movies are always just like the Pretty worst. Beta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're so, like, I wanna help, but I can't do anything. Yeah. Always. And, uh, yeah, he's the one who gets her, like, the horse. And, you know, that there's that shot of, like, I just loved, I was obsessed with it. And that, he uh, creepily says, like, she's not a little girl anymore to Liam Neeson. And it's like, what the, again, that's just a cultural difference. Like, American men yeah. don't talk about their daughters that way, per se. Uh, but it was really a funny one because it's it is weird to be, like, this new guy, like, wants to care for her as if she's his daughter and that's just like another interesting kind of nuanced threat that Liam Neeson faces as he's like trying to repair his relationship to his daughter. So I think it's interesting to be in there. It's just a little clunky. <laughs> I think, too, this works because it is this like really interesting time that's like, you know, 2008, where technology hasn't like taken over everything yet. That's you know true. what I mean? Like where there are GPS, find my iPhone, you know what I mean? Like, so right. it was a lot different. So like the technology in this was like cracking me up. Like he has like the disposable camera that he's like taking pictures of her, the karaoke machine. Yes. Um, like it just, I guess it could feel dated, but like, I just feel like it kind of grounds this movie to be like sex trafficking, still very scary, but thankfully we have a lot more, you There's know, some other ways technology. To back. Yeah, yeah, that like um, we can use to our advantage that you don't need uh, Brian Mills to, you know, use his skills <laughs> to track the <laughs> track down. You don't. Um, you don't. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I love that how they set it up. And like you, you mentioned um, the group of guys that he's like hanging out with. I love that scene. Yeah, um, think it's like very key that like. Um, you know, he's not just this, like this miserable guy who like lives alone, that he does nope. have this like back like community of people that he used to work with that kind of like have his back. And they're like, hey, dude, like, does she know that you like moved over here to like be close to her and like gave up your life? And like, yep. uh, you know, they give him this job, uh, you know, <laughs> protecting this pop singer, yes. um, uh. which I guess that's another you know nitpick i kind of have is like why was someone trying to stab this pop star at the beginning like it, i thought that was so random it was a lot i mean i think if if i can put on my producer hat i feel like they should have started there like he should have already been on that job interrupted the attack been mm. like my daughter's about to have a birthday yeah. like all that could have fit so much better it is weird that it like happened kind of later and with the guys i'm bummed that they don't come back I, I think they do appearance. in the sequels. I think I remember them coming Probably. back in the sequels. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do wish that they could have assisted him more when he's in Europe. Like, you know, even been like his lookout guys or his driver or something like that. Like, they're Anything. all all those dudes that they picked were like good act- character actors that you've seen in a million things. Yes. So it was yeah. like, yeah, you would think that they would pop up more. And then was also obsessed with like his scrapbooking like project he had going on single photo per page (laughs) single photo per page his dedication right there where he he hadn't missed one birthday of his daughters um it it got even better for me when in the special features they showed them 
taking a photo of a little girl blowing out birthday candles. They actually shot that picture. <laughs> and I it's was authentic. like, that is what we don't have anymore. Nowadays, we'd have a fucking AI do it, somebody Photoshopping it. But That's back right. in the day, we're talking about the technology. We didn't have that shit. You had to actually do it. So That's right. uh, I love that that detail, too. And yeah, it just like kind of takes its time. Like it really lulls you into this like, oh, this is just a family drama. Like when does yeah. something get taken? Like, you know, and then when the shoe finally drops and like, you know, the daughter calls and she's watching her friend get taken from across the hotel and Liam Neeson's giving her instructions over the phone then we're like okay now we're in like now it's it's just it completely turned into like a different movie and um you know the director and the special features I thought was really like informative um you know talking about like how he didn't want like the camera barely moves in that opening 20 minutes and then when you get to Paris and you get to this like kidnapping scene and all the action then you start getting more handheld stuff i think that really shows um shines through and then he also was talking about like how obviously born had done you know action in europe and so they wanted to like differentiate themselves a little bit so you know him being an older guy um they said like a lot of the car chases are like a lot more like smoother he doesn't like um crash into stuff like born does as much like yeah. all about like precision That's and, right. and details and stuff like that. So I thought all that stuff, like what he was saying, you know, sometimes it's like director bullshit that they're saying on the special features. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I didn't get that at all. But in this, this case, time. I think uh, everything he was saying, I was like, I, it came through, it comes through in the movie. I totally agree. I yeah. feel like I really liked the inserts and the flashbacks and how all of it was sewn together. I do feel like it was mirroring how the story was being told. I do feel like it helped raise the stakes appropriately and make, you know, carry the story. And I do think that's like the small detail that can easily be missing when we just stick to the formula and we don't have an artist try to try to work with that formula. And yeah, I I guess the other directors, I'm sure they're doing something artistic in their own right. But this is a really good this is a really good collaboration between like the art of filmmaking and how it's supposed to tell a story and then the the language and the acting because I feel like the script like feels and gets better as it goes on because he is he's doing less bullshit but uh yeah. it's a good one overall. he's not because... a good dad so I think yeah. they established that like he is a very clumsy like yep. awkward he can't let go of his daughter and accept that she's like a teenager now dad and then yep. it gets to like when it gets to the action, it's like, OK, now this is what I'm good at. So now I'm going to like just complete. Um, he like you see that switch in him on the yep. phone. He tells her what to do. They take her and her friend. By the way, I didn't put this in plot holes and questions because, you know, I'm not trying to blame the victim here, but her friend very eager to get kidnapped at a certain point Dude. like what are you so doing poorly written. yeah i was gonna say so poorly written like they could have had a little something extra there yeah. and it was it, it was weird that everything like 
Dude, they it, had she, no preparation. Yeah, they it made was like no preparation every wrong move was made by her friend. It was like yes. <laughs> yeah, her so, friend's inability to understand like the gravity of the situation it was is really disappointing. Uh, it was like let's share a cab with this guy so he can see where our hotel is. Oh, by the way, we're on the fifth floor us. and no one's there. Oh, exactly. My, like it was just like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, I mean, she is representing sort of like exactly why Liam Neeson was afraid. Like she, like that's what he Liam Neeson was afraid. Maybe be, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say maybe he was afraid she'd be like that. Yeah. But instead, we got that portrayal, and I really like the actress Katie Cassidy who plays that friend, who just like Maggie Grace is is way older than oh, the yeah. age that she's supposed to be portraying. Definitely. But I but I do feel like that. That is really shallow. Her character's mm. shallow. And and then they just kill her anyway. Like, it's kind of disappointing that she didn't even get to do anything, like, meaningful. She just, yeah. like, was stupid and therefore made to be turned into a sex slave and die. <laughs> yeah, that was... Not great. I guess we should talk about that, too, that, like, for a PG-13 movie, this shit gets pretty dark like, at certain yeah. points. Like, it's yeah. almost, like, shocking how much they get away with, like, that it's pg-13 there's a torture scene in it you see you see her die from like drug overdose like od basically yeah uh there's a lot like it and i guess it's impressive to me that like it's able to walk that line you know and not be completely like i don't know like a death wish or something like that where it's like uh yeah, you, yeah, you kind clearly. of you kind of see the the severity of the situation I guess the director talked about that kind of too, which I didn't even like piece it together, but he said mm -hmm. that it was intentional. This might be why they killed off the friend too, that like the torture scene comes directly after that. So mm. like he said that, that, that they did that so that um, he, it was like, he's losing his, his sense of morality. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that he's like, okay, they have no morals. So I'm going to, I have to get on their level and interrogate them with no morals or whatever, basically. So, and yeah. also like the stakes really get raised, you know, like yeah. for, it's like if you found the friend and the friend was kind of alive, there'd still be a kind of hope, but yeah. there sort of isn't a little, like he even has a reaction to when he's rescuing the, the other gal that had the jacket, like he has an emotional reaction to like, shit, if one of them is dead, the chance that my daughter's getting out of this is, is smaller now. And so I yeah. also see it as like, no wonder he got so angry. He was like, fuck, one of my only uh, uh, leads here is gone. I, I have to, yeah. um, I got to do this to you because I want to punish somebody for that. But also I need some information. <laughs> yeah, he like electrocutes him. He puts those metal things in his leg, electrocutes him. And Ooh. he has like the whole speech about like, you know, we use outsource this type of thing. But, you know, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. the currents Unreliable. weren't strong enough, you know, so... <laughs> I'm like, damn, Liam Neeson doing this like torture monologue. It's pretty getting dark. Yeah. yeah embracing <laughs> the darkness. It's true. It could have just been a kind of schmarmy scene where he is just a, a dick or something to this guy. But it's like you can tell he's unhinged. And I think that yeah. the guy he's torturing knows that. Well, then the guy spits in his face two times also, which is like, dude, you're not helping your situation here. You nice. got to read the room that this guy is like on the verge of like losing. He just it. killed all of your dudes. Like he yeah. just killed like 30 of your guys already, yeah. you know? 
Um, and I always wonder too, I don't know about you, but like if people actually spit on each other in movies, like I always wonder about that. And they show the behind the scenes of this and the guy actually spit on Liam Neeson. And I was like, damn, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like how many takes do they have to do? (laughs) That's what I'm thinking too, is like, I don't think I want someone to spit into my face, but I guess I don't know what the alternative is. (laughs) I, I guess they would how. just like do it digitally now, but I don't know. Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think it could. It, I think actors can really enjoy weird kinds of motivation, like the real being spit on the yeah. face. Like sometimes gives them that motivation. I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that, but mm. I do feel like it. It is. It is warranted. Like the way this guy spits in his face is an attempt to be like, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to try to bluff. And I'm going to go one more time because I'm going to try to be like, or am I that scary? And, you know, it doesn't matter because Liam Neeson's like, spit in my face all you want. I'm going to get this information. Yeah, but I guess there's also a sense of, I don't want to say fun. I don't know if that's like the right word, but like, um, the, the, like the, the spy craft kind of things that he does, like, like born. I kind of, I remember those scenes more than like the torture scene (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like when, I was telling you, like, I've seen this movie so many times, just, like, on TV. This is, like, a cable staple. Oh. Like, it's just yep. on. You just have it on the background. You can come in at any minute, any moment. And so, like, I'm thinking of when he's calling the the French police chief that he knows, Jean, yep. Jean-Claude. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, they're trying to set him up, you know, by tracking his location. And then it's like, oh, actually... You you track my walkie-talkie that's on the phone. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I lured you to where yeah. I wanted you to go. Like I'm one step ahead of you. Um, same thing when like the guy's tailing him and Jean Claude even knows like he's probably gonna lose you um, because he's and that then, good. And then he yep. does a U-turn and flips him off as he's like like that is straight yeah, up the way that he when we're talking about fun. That is a straight up fun moment that is like meant to like alleviate some of the darkness i feel like in the movie <laughs> yeah meant yeah. to sort of to t- take a break there but yeah. to your point and also to liam neeson being such a good actor there's something about how he's also painting the dynamic of like this guy is good at this and he might even enjoy it yeah maybe you know like he yeah. might even enjoy making people pay for their wrongdoing that's like mm-hmm. the best read of it of course because he doesn't seem to tour like he doesn't at all seem to like actually enjoy anything that he's doing, but he does seem to be like, I feel good accomplishing what I'm accomplishing. Yeah. Um, and that, that is an interesting thing too, uh, about how, like when he does finally get to the places where he's like, not going to negotiate, <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> like the deeper we get, the closer yeah. to his daughter we get, like the more intense he becomes, which is awesome. But yeah. It's like, even when he first gets to Paris, he like has to like scale the windows to get to the hotel yes. room and like reenact what happened uh, yep. for himself. I like that yep. detail that he's like, you know, piecing together in his own mind what happened. He gets like the hair samples from the mirror, which never they come back. They never come back to. Again, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but again, on. it's just, you know, it's just a uh, smart shit that he's doing, uh, I guess, it's to establish. Skills. Yeah, it's that particular set of skills on display for us. <laughs> And also, I like when he impersonates, he gets uh, Jean-Claude's um, card, card, and then he goes in uh, to, you know... <laughs> this, yeah, to this, the Red Door house. The Red Door house, 
um and he's acting like he's working for the police force um you know why he's speaking english you know yeah whatever. it remains to be seen <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. but th- that scene i love that scene because he's like you know he's pretending he's acting full confidence um, yeah and he's just being like you know get your boss or one press of a button i'll have 30 cops you know surrounding this place the phone too <laughs> Those old Nokia phones. <laughs> so oh good. Oh my god! And then you know he gets up there, and it's like you know a room full of thugs with the with the tattoos that the daughter has mentioned. Yeah, and so any other guy in this situation would be like, "Oh shit!" Like this guy is outnumbered, but Brian Mills, you know, no, you know, he's like, "I got all these guys." So he's like shaking them down. But I also like that, like as he's kind of like talking to them you kind of get the feeling that he wants to know who he was talking to on the phone. Like yes. that's his real uh, motivation. Like, even yep. though he's like trying to get information at all times. So then like when he does the last, you know, he's about to leave and he's like, can you translate this for me? And the Serbian yeah, the guy, the only one that didn't speak. Yep, the only the voice only he didn't one. get to hear. Mm-hmm. And then that's the guy who did it and straight up merch that guy. Like, <laughs> I'm so surprised that that guy didn't remember. Like, yeah. what I wanted was like this look of horror on that guy's face when he was like, "Shit, that yeah. dude did say." He, he does was tell him before he dies, where he's like, "I told you, you don't remember me. I told you." <laughs> and that I would just, find you and I would kill you. Yeah. And he just like yeah he's knifing people he's like does a whole shootout uh in that situation like so I think cool. that's like the first big action does that come after before I think that's after the construction site the, yeah the the construction brothel chase yeah. situation happens first which I think I think ultimately is my favorite stunt sequence it's just yeah. it looks so cool with the dirt and the white jeeps and he's like yeah. uh things are blowing up and I love I love love that. And that's where he grabs the one girl that he's like getting ready, who tells him about where right, the thugs right, are right, at right, the right. door. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I agree. I think I think this the the car chases like in there. They said they shot for like a week in that set, which is like Epic. you can tell they spent like a lot of time there. I think like just the idea of a construction site brothel is like <laughs> disgusting, it's but like fuck. it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. There's there's not even like doors. They're like little curtains. It's sheets, dude. Yeah, yeah. but in, like sheets in between people. Like, ugh, it was very gross. gross. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and everybody has like a ticket. They're all like in the line oh, in man. such a creep ass way. <laughs> so yeah, when he when he steals a jeep and he gets into a shootout there, but then that's when you get to see like the first like hand to hand like action from him where he's like yep. punching guys in the throat and like. Yep. I feel like this, I don't know what you'd call this style of action. They don't mention it in the special features or whatever, but I think it's like maximum, like, it's like kind of Jason Bourne-esque, I would say, like maximum efficiency. You're hitting them in the weakest points, the throat. Yeah. He's, he's kicking guys in like the shins. Yeah, like, the knees. Just, yeah, the knees and just like, uh. so yeah, it's, it's that type of, which makes sense because again, he's older. He's not going to be like, you know, cardio Brazilian yeah. jujitsu. Like, no. <laughs> so uh, I like it. I think it like, again, it fits his character when he's not he's enormous. He's so tall. He's so yeah. like he cowers over people. So I believe that with yeah. one hit, he could really put a guy out, you know? 
yeah and he's like choking fools out in this scene too steals a jeep um the, the i think this the the driving in general too like the stunt driving was pretty good in the scene like yes. you know he's he, they knock the barrels over and it explodes like <laughs> yes and then the 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 uh the period on the scene is when he crashes through the, <laughs> the <trailer>. <laughs> yes <laughs> And they're like, you took down a building. And yeah. he's like, it was a trailer. It was a trailer. <laughs> he's so There's epic. some funny moments in this movie. Like, it's, it's dark, but there are some, like, straight up funny lines. You have to admit. Something authentic. Like, as yeah. unbelievable as this story is and as it's going to get as this franchise goes on, if this was real, if, you know, young a young woman was kidnapped into sex trafficking and her dad was a CIA agent who had a lot of training. Mm -hmm. I do think that they would, you know, it could look like this because in real life, people are being mercenaries all the time. They're doing whatever they want at a certain yeah. age all the time. So I don't I feel like it's closer. And that's why some of his like dinky lines ring true to me where I'm like, this guy, he doesn't do this anymore. So he's waking up these parts of himself. And yeah you know, also wrestling slightly with the morality of it. You know, like he, I think he only responds to that indictment because just, he's like, don't pin that on me. <laughs> I don't think he has time either though. Like I, they set up like, I have 96 hours. So like, I feel like he never has time to process that morality of it. And even like when the French guy is like, you know, John claude you can't just be going or whatever. Like, he's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't neat. I have 80 hours. <laughs> That's right. I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But it's true because I do feel like, you know, when he does confront the corrupt cop and sh just shoots the dude's wife in the oh, arm, just man. straight up yeah. immediately yeah. shoots her. He's like, apologize to your wife. You know, like, <laughs> he's always trying to stay a good person, yeah. even though he's so keyed up and he's in such a stressful situation. And I do think if you're a lesser actor, it's easy to just play angry. It's easy to just play mean. And he is really sort of playing scared and strength. He he's kind of got that Harrison Ford thing about him. He presents Ooh, softer good, than Harrison Ford, but he has that same quality of like, I'm absolutely terrified, but also I'm still ready and I'm going to kick ass anyway. I feel like his his physicality, though, like we said, is a little more believable that like yeah, this guy is like like taller than people. Like he does have this kind of hulking uh, ability, yeah. and and that yeah, I love I love that scene too where he he goes to Jean Claude's house because it's like they're kind of playing this cat and mouse that we mentioned in a couple of the previous scenes, and then this scene it's like all right, no more bullshit. I'm going straight to your house where your kids and your wife are, and right. I'm I'm demanding answers because I have this guy's name, and then when. Uh, I love this scene too, just because uh, I always remember that this when uh, Jean Claude like points the gun at him and he like throws the bullets on the table and he's like, "You've been sitting at a desk too long. You don't even know the weight of the gun." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, and it's a good it's a good marker too of like he hasn't right. Like these yeah. guys are both arguably in a similar position in their life where like he could have lost his skills, but when yeah. your family is on the line, shit wakes back up again. You know, like there's a lot of talk really got... about you're 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 at the desk now. Like even the French guy admits that too. Like I work yeah, at a like, desk now, and I work for a I guy do? with a bigger desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can be done? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like having that guy, having the twist of that guy is pretty nice. And just the like sequence when he first gets there, the reason that that guy's onto him, the, the chase and the fight with the spotter at the airport. 
and the dude you know who who first uh alerted the traffickers to the girls mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty crazy chase like how that oh, guy oh, flies we forgot, about, we forgot over, to mention that yeah, yeah like, like off he, the highways the trucks and shit wild i like that i like that because it's like it's not like casino royale where like liam again where he's not doing cardio across like you know <laughs> the no. whole airport or anything like that like they're still at the entrance to the airport when the scene concludes. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. It's like he runs kind of half up a freeway ramp, then jumps onto a eighteen wheeler, and then gets hit by a truck and dies. And it's like, exactly. whoa. <laughs> yeah, and and it's kind of nice because they let you have that moment where where you're like, shit, this fucking guy's gonna get away, and it's like, yeah. no, nah. he doesn't deserve it. He's out. Nah, he doesn't. He doesn't. And I love how Liam Neeson just like attacks him in the car and is like, mm-hmm. shut up to the driver yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so he's so zeroed in and he said the next uh, one the next scenes. the next punch your rib is going in your lung or something like that like <laughs> exactly he it's like you say the that time clock is really reflected in his performance and his delivery of lines and i do again think like a good actor is thinking about the global story even in the small parts even when they're trying to stay authentic and and still fresh they have an understanding of why these things are what they are. And that is like a good start too. Cause like when he first gets over there and grabs the first guy and kills him, it's sort of yeah. like, yes, he's going to kill everybody. He's going to kill everybody. I like the subtlety too. Cause again, this can be hard when you're with such a fast pace, but like that, the, the police chief, he is not like in, he's not, uh, he doesn't have a hand directly into the sex trafficking trade. Right. He's just like indifferent to it. Like he knows about it and he lets it happen. Like he lets yeah, it. He benefits go on. slightly from yeah. it. Which I think is not, a yeah, nice not a part of it nuance uh, that a lot of action movies like wouldn't have. Like they would have like, oh, this is the big twist. Like he's he is the guy that Liam Neeson is looking for. Yeah, or right. something like that. But I like that it's not like I feel like there's there's a that's more evil in a way that you're yes. like just accepting that this is happening to all these young girls, especially because we see he has two kids. Yep. There's that guy later on that, um, you know, hangs Liam Neeson up and he's like, you know, I sympathize, you know, I'm a father, too. And it's like all these people that are fathers and understand what that, you know, relationship is like, um, but are still working on this. Like there's something a little more evil about it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I guess like that's it, too, is that like, you know, the the evil of the corrupt system is there, but then the evil of like these unknown people who really think that they can do whatever they want and and answer to no one, like the guy at the party who's holding the auction. And then, of course, like the guy on the boat, like these are figures that answer to no one, no government, no law, no social structure. And it's true. I like that once he gets into that space all bets are off for him too, that he's just sort of like, I'm, I may not come out of the space cause that's how it is, but I'm not necessarily going to be defeated. Cause I feel like when he wakes up tied to the pipe, I was like, shit, I can't remember how he gets out of here. Yeah. And it's kind of like a MacGuffin, you know, easy. Uh, um, it's an old pipe he... and he, you know, he sort of wiggle, <laughs> he, <just laughs> he sort of wiggle like, himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy is strong. The guy is strong. He still works out. Um, but you know, he, he, he's all by himself and he's not scared. And even when they're able, even though they're able to do something like capture him, he doesn't stop. 
and i i love that about how he he's not he doesn't try to plead he doesn't try to do anything he just keeps pushing a lot like a born it's i like these two films together as like what if jason born like had a family and is like retired, retired now. and yeah. was just like chilling in la <laughs> yeah definitely um which i kind of get into in uh the born supremacy where like they kill his girlfriend uh yep. spoilers for like a 20 year old movie um but then he's kind of reacting to that in like a revenge way um yeah he also has the line i just have to mention i will tear down the eiffel tower if i have to (laughs) (laughs) which he says to jean claude uh one of the best lines in the movie um he plants the bug on the pimp i forgot that was one another such a cool idea spy move where he like you know he pays him the money he doesn't kill him or beat him up he's like oh sorry sorry here's you know i'll pay the money uh and but he plants the bug on him has somebody translate the albanian like again it's not all action there's a lot of different things you can enjoy out of it it's espionage yeah, yeah there there is real espionage taking place because i like that too that like he he's working in a kind of um uh plausible deniability space where where the guy's like i don't know what i'm doing and he's like just literally translate this mm-hmm. um and I like that how clever it was where like at first I'm sort of like, what is he doing? What is he doing with this woman? You know, he's been so smooth up until now. What is this weird behavior? And it's like, oh, it's all an act to lure yeah. out the pimp, you know? And so in a way you kind of learn, you learn a little bit about mm-hmm. some of this underbelly stuff based on how he deals with it, which I think is kind of cool too. And he makes the makeshift IV for the you know the prostitute that he saves or whatever so he has some like it's kind of like the fugitive you know i guess a little different because kimball's an actual doctor but literal still Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um and i know we're running out of time so let's get to the the nitty-gritty the the last i would say the last two like action scenes that kind of the sequences that kind of um you know leave leave the movie um, they escalate to these two. The first one is at the like silent auction of the yes. prostitutes, which is like so fucking scary. Like, you know, it's like these guys in dark rooms, and it's like this. Like, we get the impression that these are like wealthy ass people. Like, you know, they're two hundred fifty thousand. They're you know, they're squid betting. game. Yeah, they're pretty much those guys. And they have like just the they bring the girl up into the middle, and they're all just like betting in this circle, and it's very like cultish. Yeah, and, and the women look like so drugged out yeah. and like drained and stuff. And you know, you get Liam Neeson's daughter is the last one, and like the way they're presenting her, like we save the best for last, and, certified pure. Yeah, oh, it's so. I was disgusting. like, what is the certification process? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. We and had our best doctors voice. look at her, and she's right. certified. Yeah, some of our trusted uh. psychotic doctors <laughs> took it, took care of that for us. But the auctioneer is a woman's voice, and oh, it could yeah. be you know just like regular computer or something like that. It could be AI or whatever. But the fact that it's a woman's voice and not a man, it was like, like Siri. Like it choice. sounded like Siri, like you know, hey Siri, pull up, <laughs> <laughs> pull up hookers. <laughs> hey Siri, get me a sex worker. Um, I hope this turn on. <laughs> it just did on my phone. <laughs> oh shit! I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But I like, think about that. that subtle detail of like it's it wasn't a man's voice chosen to use, even if it was ro- you know designed to be robotic, is something I always think it's interesting when 
when they do make make sure to remind you that like it isn't only men who are culpable in this kind of behavior there we didn't see a lot of them in this story but there are women who victimize people too yeah and then you know they, again they capture him he escapes um they take her on the final action sequence which is on the yacht um where he has to you know drive on this bridge jump <laughs> jump on this yacht and then just like murk the final you know security guards and and save his daughter again so um those are that's that's i think that's the movie uh let's get what's your favorite stunt and kill before we get out of here i that, mean my favorite all of them my favorite stunt has to be uh, that leap uh, that's like onto the boat uh, at the end. You know, he's like on the bridge. He has to leap on quiet and sort of roll right onto the guy that he's going to choke out. And it's mm -hmm. not exactly a one -er or anything, but it just it, it like feels so light and floaty and it looks real. You know, a stunt guy did do it. Mm -hmm. And I like that there are still those little tiny details in there. Um, but of course, you know, the stunt driving, the fighting, yeah. all that is really good. What about you? My favorite stunt is going to be what we talked about, like the car chase scene. But specifically, there's a, a shot where one of the Jeeps hits the other one and it rolls down the the cliff, like the yeah, mountain or the hill. Um, so, yeah, I just I thought that was um, effective. And then for my favorite kill. There's quite a few good ones. Um, I'm so I'm gonna have to pick right now on the spot. But so my three that I'm between right now, the the guy that handcuffed him, which he just unloads a full clip into him in the elevator, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because that Hell guy yeah. was such a smarmy asshole. Like That's he just right. wanted to see him die, and he got what he deserved. Um, and then there's two on the ship, uh, on the yacht where one is. He shoots a guy through the porthole into the, yes. in the face, which yep. I thought was really cool. And then uh, one where he jumps over the couch and then shoots the guy in the foot. He falls and then he shoots the guy in the face under the couch. Yes. <sighs> if I had to pick one of those, I think I'm going to go couch. I think just for the athleticism, the Liam mm -hmm. Neeson actually jumped over the couch. It's not a stunt guy. Let's go. Uh, and then, yeah, it's like a double, you double tap. You know, he gets the foot, the guy falls, and then shoots him in the face. Again, a most efficient. Um, and Maybe then I guess choreography too. He shoots like the final guy too that has his daughter too, like in the face too, just like <laughs> Burke. So that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah that's my that's favorite kill. Okay, that's a pretty uh, good because one I too. like how like that guy for even like basically he's waiting for that guy to let his guard down to yeah. shoot him and negotiating is technically letting his guard down so yeah as I soon as he opens it, like, his mouth second. as soon as he opens his mouth he's like let's negotiate <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah so that one is both rewarding but also like a fun little button on it's not like when he finally gets to this guy it, it's not that there was any particular singular big bad there was the big bad of people like this the big bad of this type of culture there was more of that, so he didn't need a big fight with a singular guy. It was like, I, I finish the faction of people that is doing this, and then I'm dad again, and yeah. I'm just taking my daughter home to go have a singing lesson at a pop star's house. <laughs> I just remember, too, where that guy, uh, the stepdad, is from. It was it was bugging me. I just He's uh, from everything. Terminator 2. He's the, he's the stepdad Terminator in Terminator 2. 2. Cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Air Force One. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure he's a stunt guy, like, that he's a stunt guy who's also an actor because he's in yeah. all of the action movies of the 90s, like as 
kind of side characters here and there. T two though, like, he gets the he gets the uh, metal thing through the the milk carton though, right? That's him. That's... Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where I know him from. That's, that's just like iconic. One. Yeah. But it's a it's like all the other guys in this movie. Like almost everybody in this movie is like a per, an action kind of person. You know, even Femke Jensen is from the OG Bond of the nineties. Oh yeah, gold and finger. so like everybody here gold. is kind of yeah. respected in action, and that's why I think this one is the strongest by far. And for sure, I'll always rewatch this. I'll be coming back for this one every time. Yeah, one of the guys too. That's like one of his buddies is like the dude from Seven that like yes in the sex he made me put it on yeah (laughs) and it's like he always has the most intense scene so like just to see him like shooting the shit and like drinking beers i'm like good for you man like it's true it can't be good to like play that intense (laughs) those intense roles all the time he he is also in a shit ton of movies too because i always remember him from uh alien the joss whedon alien he's in that as well Oh, um, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, a lot of yeah. good vets in this movie. And to your point, like we don't quite get that level of star power in those straight to video type movies that would maybe follow the same map. Um, and that's why I'm grateful for this. Like, I still remember seeing it in the theater and just being like, holy shit, that was same. a crazy ass movie. And I think it holds up. I definitely do. Same. That Whedon uh, Aliens, who also directed by a French guy um and this this one he's all he also did like the cinematography too which i didn't know but Mm. i thought that was really cool like he was just saying that like he shoots so fast that like instead of like telling somebody how to like hold the camera or like you know uh you know shoot something he just does it himself and so like you see him like you know, yeah. some of those like things where he's like playing with the shutter speeds, he's like cranking the camera, you see him like behind yes. the scenes. So it's like I That's love that. Awesome. Me too. Um, Me too. That's like my Rob Rod. My directors that can do everything are some of my favorite guys. Um so yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else before we skedaddle out of here? Last thing I'll say is I hate that they made sequels to this because it ends with the daughter meeting the singer. And so if there was never any sequels to this you could potentially believe that the daughter became a pop star at a certain point. But now we know that she doesn't. She doesn't, you know? That's right. So. That's right. It's firm. You know, uh, when you give things away, yeah, when you give away the good things you've done, that's how you know a franchise is not so good. Um, and yeah, this is the, so this is the I, best In my part. head, there's no sequels to this. This is a one in one, one of one. <laughs> Liam Neeson did it, knocked it out of the park. That's fair. I'll <laughs> most likely forget about those sequels. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Yeah, so I think that about wraps it up for us. Let's remind the people where they can find us. Get your fix and follow the show at We Stay Buff on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, on Twitch at The Buffs. And you can follow me on all the socials at It's Me, Shanny B. Yes, and take us for a ride and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please leave a positive review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Follow me at MisfitMinded, underscore minded on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit, and my website at MisfitMinded.com. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you next time for another edition of Movie Buffs. Stay buff.